lucky in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the mash he did the monster mash the monster mash it was a graveyard smash he did the mash it caught on in a flash he did the mash he did the monster mash it is Saturday, and I am Kramer. This is Saturdays of Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Hope you all are enjoying your lovely Saturday morning as much as I am in a few days. That's why we're playing this music, the Monster Mash. In a few days, in a few days, in a few days. Halloween is here. That's weird to think. Halloween, the 31st of October, is right around the corner already. I love, I love today's show, as always, especially on like this type of day, because of it being said... A holiday within a few days. I, I like I like to have a, a Halloween special. I mean, I like to play the Halloween music. I have like a Halloween topic to get to, which our question throughout the show today: Who is the Michael Myers of Major League Baseball? I will get you to mine here shortly. But who is the Michael Myers of Major League Baseball? Tweet at me at Kramer Talks on Twitter. Heck, give me a follow. Heck, chime in on the show that way. Well, we have a fantastic, not a comeback spectacular show like we saw last night during the World Series, but we had to talk about the World Series, of course. We also have, you know, some situations brewing in St. Louis. I have to pitch this idea, and I honestly think this idea might possibly work. Fair or foul, of course, we got bets going on at the bottom of the hour, and we'll see what we can go to in that final segment of the show. But let's just get into it. Last night, Game 1 of the World Series, which, let's pause the breaks for a second, Kramer. I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely was frustrated for how long it took, like the, between games of how we got to Game One of the World Series. Why did it? Why why couldn't it start like on a Wednesday this week? I, I missed baseball this entire week. I actually was dabbling in the sports um, gambling with the, over in the NBA. It was it was a, a so so week on that, but I wanted to watch baseball. I wanted to bet on some baseball, and we had to do it at the end on Friday. Gosh, I did not like that whatsoever. It's like I was just, I'm, I'm furious that I had to wait that long. But you know what? Me waiting that long, appreciated what happened last night. Last night, last night was wild. Astros come up early. Heck, Kyle Tucker hit two home runs. Heck, when I hit that first home run, I thought, okay, Yankees in five. I'm calling it, not Yankees, good gosh. <laughs> Astros in five. Like, that's that's just exactly what I thought. But Kyle Tucker hit his home run, hit another home run. Yankees up five to nothing, and after that, it was just it. Like the, the Phillies kept battling back. The Phillies were down five to nothing, end up winning six to nothing. And the last time a team has came back in a, a World Series like that to win, you know, the manager at that time, the San Francisco Giants. This happened back in two thousand two. They were up five runs, lost to the Angels. It happened again to Dusty Baker. This is, since two thousand two. This is the first time that a, a team has blown a five run lead and lost. And the, the manager, it was the same manager each time. Now, that is wild to think. But, man, this game was wild. It was awesome. And let's just go to the, the, the let's, let me just go to the ninth. The ninth inning where the Astros could possibly win this game. The winning run is on second base. There's two outs and a little flare out to right field. This, let's listen to Joe Davis' call on Fox. Pitch. Fly ball off the end of the bat. Short right field. Castellanos saves the day. Nick Castellanos, of all people, with a diving defensive play, 
And instead of game one ending in the bottom of the ninth, they went to extras. I, I finished Joe Davis's lines. So I cut him off there. They went to extras. And yeah, the Phillies won in extras. The, the, the fun thing is with Nick Castellanos, he did not have a very good season at all with the Phillies this year. And so, I mean, he helped battle his team, help them get to the World Series at this point. He made his spectacular catch out in right field. If he would have missed that, yeah, the Astros would have won. They would have. I mean, the ball would have got down. It would have went down to the, to the right field corner, and whoever was on second base would have scored. That's the thing. They would have scored easily. But, you know, five pitches later, maybe six pitches later, top of the top of the 10th, Joe Davis once again. 3-2 from Garcia. Real Muto shoots one in the air the other way. Back goes Tucker at the wall. It's gone. Real Muto starts the 10th with a go-ahead shot. I'm actually shocked. Like, I was so shocked JT Real Muto was the guy. I knew he was going to come in there and start swings. I mean, I, I bet on him to have a couple hits last night, and granted, he he had a couple hits last night. And I think that right there was the cherry on top. Even though the Astros did battle back, because in the ninth inning, well, not ninth inning, excuse me, in the bottom of the 10th inning, six to five Phillies, runner on second and third, Elimus Diaz, former St. Louis Cardinal, uh, Toronto Blue Jay, uh, at the dish. Lockdown closer, David Robson uh, pitching. He's closing the game out. Alinus Diaz got hit by a pitch. And you're probably thinking, yeah, he got hit by a pitch because one, but the thing is, hit by a pitch didn't, you know, stand. Because Alinus Diaz decides to, you know, drop his elbow down into the strike zone, gets hit, hopefully gets the gets the free bag. He did not get the free bag. Great call by the umpiring crew. Great officiating. Great officiating on that because I wouldn't have been shocked. So it wasn't earlier this year when, was it J.D. Davis leaned his elbow over the, the plate and he got hit by a pitch, and that's how the, the Mets won on a walk-off hit by a pitch? Well, we saw a player lean in, hit, get hit by a pitch, and you know what? They actually got the right call this time. Great officiating. Great officiating. I know how much I talk about the umpiring crews or said umpires such as Angel Hernandez, which, by the way, if you are dressing up as Angel Hernandez, uh, like if you are, your kids are, anyone's dressing up like Angel Hernandez, please tweet that picture at me at Kramer Talks. I want to see what one of the the fourth member of the three blind mice looks like for this Halloween. But my goodness, great officiating and Phillies win game one. They win game one in a spectacular f- fashion. And do I think the Phillies will win this World Series? No, I, I do not. I mean, it absolutely helps that they win game one. It clearly does. But this Astros team is way too good. Now, I I think some of the the managerial decisions from Dusty Baker leaving Justin Verlander out there for for longer than he expected, I think once he gave up that three runs, granted it was five to three at the time, you you needed to get him out. It was really dicey than a a ball into the gap, scored two to tie it, and that's basically it. Justin Verlander should have been pulled early. Once he get once the game was five to three, that's when you were like, okay, you need to turn it over to the bullpen. This, I think you should have short leashes, and like what kind of like what the Tampa Bay Rays have done the past few years when they made it to the World Series, they've given their relievers and they're also their starters very short leashes. Let's look at Blake Snell back in 2020. After that, they traded him, and he was furious that he only threw 70 pitches and only given up only one earned run, and he wanted to keep on going. So the managerial decisions of keeping Verlander out there might have bit Dusty Baker. Right on the butt, but it's it's the thing that the Astros have such a good pitching team and it's such a good defensive team that they should easily win this series in five. And I, I know I said this when the I tweeted it out actually 
right when Cole Tucker at that home run, like I mentioned earlier, I tweeted out, okay, Astros are winning in five. Like at some point, the Phillies will win. Expect them to win game one, but they won game one. Good for you, Phillies. But the Astros are going to win in five. You 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 can't tell me that one of the worst, not if the worst, defensive run save teams in Major League Baseball wins the World Series. I mean, they're they're what they're the worst. Like usually, they give up runs. They give up a lot of runs on defense. They're, they're the most aired baseball team in the postseason coming into the postseason this year which I was actually absolutely shocked at the fact that they beat the St. Louis Cardinals. I was annoyed about that. But, granted, it's a season within a season. It's a game within a game. You have your your full season to get to the postseason. Once that postseason starts, everything wa- wa- washes out. You, you might have like had to look back at how, what they did prior to becoming into the World Series or even to the postseason itself. But it's a new season. You have to treat it that way. And I think the Phillies have treated it that way, and they have honed their craft. They've shortened their swings. They are playing the ball first, then going, throwing it to the bag, or just however it is to help them become more fluid. They're doing that, and good for you, Phillies. But there's a better team across from you. That's 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 Houston. They, they didn't cheat this time. At least we know we did, they didn't cheat this time because they would have cheated. They probably would have won, and they they lost six to five. JT Real Muto is the hero once again. Just listen to this home run. 3-2 from Garcia. Real Muto shoots one in the air the other way. Back goes Tucker at the wall. It's gone. Real Muto starts the 10th with a go-ahead shot. Now, honestly, I, I honestly believe JT Real Muto is the best catcher in Major League Baseball right now. He's probably been the best catcher in Major League Baseball the past five years. And I hate saying that because I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan and I love Yadier Molina. But JT Real Muto is a stud, and if the Phillies are to win this World Series, this is the guy that they're going to have to ride on his back. Bryce Harper was, eh, he was all right. He was, he was good. He, he was Bryce being Bryce per usual. They, they won the game. That's all that matters. But the Phillies, they need to ride this. If they want to win this World Series, they need to keep this momentum going because it seemed like any time they tried to get something going, they, they got it. They got it good. They got it smooth. They, they ended up winning this game. But the Astros are such a dangerous team, and especially in a ballpark like Houston, and especially in a ballpark like Philadelphia, the ball flies. And the Astros, I believe, are a better home run hitting team. Granted, I know the Phillies have um, uh, Kyle Schwarber and also Bryce Harper. Heck, Nick, Nick Castellanos is also a power hitter. Reese Hoskins is a tremendous power hitter. Heck, Gene Segura can pop a 20 out if he wanted to. Alec Bohm, same exact thing. If I like when I I'm just going to go off the top of my head. Who do I think can hit home runs out of Citizens Bank Park for the Astros? Bregman, Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, heck, Yuri Gurriel. You you, you can go through the entire like I, I I'm just good. Jerry Pena. Heck, I think Martin Maldonado. He could hit a home run out of Citizens Bank Park. Heck, he could hit a home run out of freaking uh, the, the Astrodome or however, whatever they called it. Um. Uh, what is what is their uh why can't it Minute Maid Park? There we go. Got it. But this is such two good teams, but the Astros are winning in five. Who who do you guys think? Are the Astros winning in five? Are they winning at all? I, I mean, I I honestly I hate saying the I, the Astros are gonna win because I want the Phillies to win the World Series. I absolutely dislike the Houston Astros. Houston Astros might be the most hated sports franchise in all of sports in the United States. Like I looked at a map earlier this week and it showed every single like the, the entire maps including the entire US map including Alaska and Hawaii. It looked at it and it was like everybody's pulling for the Phillies right now except for the, the circle around Houston. That's the only part of the United States 
is cheering on for Houston. Everybody wants the Phillies to win. Nobody wanted Houston either. Houston just was just a juggernaut. They blew past the Yankees in four. They blew past the Seattle Mariners. Like This is a dangerous team, and the fact that they lost the first game of the series, they're going to come back and win the next four. That's just how they are. I think this was their, I think this was their first loss in October. If, I, if, I'm mis- if I'm mistaken, please someone correct me. But I think, from just memory-wise, this might have been their first loss in October. Which, that is wild to think that they it took them 28 days into October to lose that first one. And it was game one of the World Series. And now it's what you do. Because, I mean, last time Justin Verlander, I believe, was in a World Series was 2017. Wasn't it? That's when the last time they won the World Series was 2017, I'm pretty sure. Was it 2019? I, I, I don't know. But what I'm going to get to here is there's been two players that pitched in this postseason that were on the World Series back in 2006. One was pitching in this World Series right now. The other one is Adam Wainwright. Justin Verlander was the other guy that pitched in the 2006 World Series. Adam Wainwright was a, um, one of the closers for the Cardinals back in 2006. And I think this is a perfect segue to it. Adam Wainwright is back at the St. Louis Cardinals. Like, he is back. He signed a one-year, $17 million deal. One year for $17 million. You're getting paid $17 million for one year. That is good for you. Adam Wainwright figured out the system. He figured out if you are a great pitcher in Major League Baseball and you are up into your ripe age of 40 years old, you can make $17 million for one year. Congrats. That is just good for you, Adam. Like, good, good for you. So he'll come back, pitch one more year, and this will be, I'm assuming, assuming, that this will be his final year with the birds and the bat on the front of his chest and possibly pitching in Major League Baseball for, for, for the longest. But my question is, who's going to catch him? Yachty's retired. Yachty has so much going on, whether if it is um, uh, doing his ownership that he had to leave parts of, of the regular season to go watch his basketball team that he owns in Puerto Rico play in their championship. He, yeah, 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 he took a few, um, uh, a few games off just to do that because Yadier Molina is a businessman. He is. He has so much stuff. He's involved with so many things. So I don't. I can't see Yadier Molina coming back. And if he does come back, I just hope all he does is just catch Adam, and that's it. That's that's it. That's the only time he plays is every fifth day when Rainwright is towing the rubber, and that is when he'll play. I, I would love that, but I don't see that coming to fruition at all. So let's just turn our heads over to what could possibly replace. Do we believe in Andrew Kisner? I think he's a very good catcher, but in a Cardinals lineup like how it is set up right now, you need a guy that can hit. And there's one guy that's a free agent that I've sparked some interest to, even though he is a Chicago club, but even though he's a free agent now, so no, he's no longer with the Chicago Cubs. And I don't see them signing him back whatsoever because I think the Cubs are going into a different direction. They're in a rebuild mode. And Wilson Contreras is a free agent. I would absolutely love the idea and the thought of the St. Louis Cardinals signing Wilson Contreras. I think that would be great. But there's a guy, there's a name, a name has been floated around. And it's been linked to Kansas City, a catcher in a name of, you know, Salvador Perez. This is Craig Marsh. Um, I joined uh, um, KMOX, our sister station here, to the Bet 1660. And he said Cardinals should probably go out and try to get Salvi. One name that would be interesting for me because of the emergence of one of the young prospects about, you know, I don't know, an hour drive, two hour drive from you guys is Salvador Perez. You know, Kansas City has a, a young guy in Melendez who has come on and and I think has a chance to really be a star in this league. I, I think he was one of the top 
catching uh, rookies in all of baseball this year. And, and wouldn't it be something if the Cardinals could just pluck him right from, uh, you know, across the way and, and pencil him into that six-hole or seven-hole? Remember, just a couple of years ago, he had 40 home runs. So, um, again, you'd be only filling the position temporarily, let's be honest, because Sal Perez is not going to play for 10 more years in baseball, but what catcher is. Uh, but that will certainly be something that I think they would attack. That's the one that comes to mind for me. That's a that's interesting. I actually, I'm, I'm my ears are perked up. I actually like this. I think if the Cardinals can figure out a way to get Sal Perez, granted, I don't think it's going to be it's going to cost much if you're the Cardinals giving up. Because think about this: what did the Cardinals give up? That was the big name, go get you grab guy that they inquired with Paul Goldschmidt. They sent Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver's now a Kansas City Royals, so you figured out how that's out. And Carson Kelly has worked his way out of the starting lineup, I guess. He's platooned at catching right now in Arizona. So you could see what the Cardinals did to get uh, get Paul Goldschmidt over here. Then you also got to look at the Nolan Arenado deal. What did the Cardinals give up that was a big-name grab to you know bring Nolan Arenado in? I think it was Austin Gomber. Is Austin Gomber even? Austin Gomber still on the team. I'm just posing that question out there. And they had some uh, some catcher that got called up today that's apparently supposed to be a stud. Okay, it didn't really take much to bring in Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, so I don't see it taking much to bring over Salvador Perez. But I've also seen the St. Louis Cardinals dish out players like Randy Arozarena, who's a former Rookie of the Year, Julio Rodriguez, who will win the Rookie of the Year this year for the Seattle Mariners. Heck, Adolis Garcia, who was in the, the running of Rookie of the Year back in 2020. I don't, I'm not sure if he did win it or not. I, he had a stellar first year, though. And he was a former St. Louis Cardinal. So the Cardinals are notoriously a team that has very good talent in their farm system. And if it's for a big-name guy, because Randy, Randy Arozarena do. Excuse me, gosh, I didn't mean to burp on air. The Randy Rosarina deal brought in Matthew Libertor. Matthew Libertor is a, a, a one of the main guys they're trying to bring up and hopefully solidify into the starting rotation for the St. Louis Cardinals. But he's one of the main guys for that deal. I could not name you the person for Julio Rodriguez. It might have been Tyler O'Neill, I feel like. I don't think it is Tyler O'Neill. But Tyler O'Neill came over for Marco Gonzalez. Why can't I think why can't I figure out I should have just done my, my research? I do apologize, but at least you know the Cardinals can figure out a way to bring in guys in cheaply or bring in guys more expensively. Salvador Perez fits the mold. If he has three more years left, that's as many. I think Paul Gushman has two more years on his deal. No one there now. They need to figure out how to resign him back. And I think if you bring in a guy with the bat, the power to help protect Paul and heck, help protect Nolan, heck, help protect Tyler O'Neill. Heck, you could even go down the, the list. There are so many talented players on this team that Salvador Perez can either protect or they can protect him in order to have a great and stellar season because he had 40 home runs a couple years ago. He is the the, the record holder for has the Kansas City Royals for per season for home runs. Like Salvador Perez is a stud. He still barrels the ball with tremendous force. He has a violent uppercut swing that I... I think anytime he's he's batting, he's like the guy that he's like, all right, I'm not getting up to go to the restroom. I'm not going to go up to get a I'm gonna get another beer. I'm going to sit right here and watch his at bat. And heck, if you bring him into the lineup for the St. Louis Cardinals, no one's going to be getting up to be buying anything from the concessions. Everybody's going to be holding in their stuff trying to before they go to the restroom before in between innings because this entire lineup would be another part of a murderer's row that they had this year and kind of like what they had back in 2006, 2005, 2004, where they just had it from the top to bottom. The lineup was spectacular. Now, this is a wild, wild 
thing to thank for myself. The fact that let's just bring two of the best catchers in Major League Baseball play at least for one time, play on one team, well, not at the same time, but at well, some point, especially in the state of Missouri. Because early to like mid 20, like say, let's go from 2008 to 2000 and let's go to 15. 2008, 2015, Missouri had the lockdown of catcher, whether if it was the St. Louis Cardinals at catching or the um, Kansas City Royals at catching. So Salvi and Yachty. They, in each league, the American and National League, they had the best catchers in Major League Baseball. That's just wild to think. That's cause I, I, I remember going on debate with people saying, oh, no, Yachty's better than Salvi. No, Salvi's better than Yachty. How about you just sit back and enjoy the ride? That's how I've been this entire time with them. It's the truth. This is Sizer Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. We'll take a quick break, and I will tell you who are, you know, it's tis the season of the Halloweeny, the Halloweeny. I have five, five characters from Halloween from like it's in general, not like Michael Myers, even though Mike Myers is on this list. I have five characters. I'm going to compare them to five baseball players. We'll do that when we come back. We have fair or foul, and we have some bets to get to. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Oh! Who's that I see walking in these woods? Why, it's Little Red Riding Hood. Hey there, Little Red Riding Hood. Welcome back into Sires of Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Hope you all have prepared for, I guess, festivities. I'll be up in St. Joe tonight going to the Brown Bear up there. So if you want to say hi to me, I'll be dressed up like Rick from Rick and Morty. So, I mean, if you want to come say hi to me, go for it. That'd be great. You know what's wild? The hamster from this wheel that always keeps this, the ball rolling, the show rolling, or if he's not on the wheel, then we, aren't, we are not over air. I'm assuming we're on over air because I have that text from my mother saying, hey, you're on the air. I hear you, which is perfect. Thank you, Mom. But I come into the show today, and I see a new phone line. A new phone line. We might have a phone line connection in this studio for the first time. Thank you, Mr. Hamster Wheel. I see you down there. I know I just hired you last week, but you are doing fantastic better than the other hamster I just had. But we have a phone line. I mean, I mean, I, let me just see. If anybody's listening right now, and if you want to try to call, I'm not going to answer it, but I want to see if the lights flash up. The phone line number is... 913, I think it says 423-1660. So that's 913-423-1660. I probably won't answer if I do. I, I mean, I'll just like, hey, 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 it's Kramer. Thank you for calling. But I, I just want to see if anything lights up because I'm just curious. I have no idea how this stuff works. And I, I literally just got here today and it was there. But you guys really don't care about that. You do care about who I think... These five, and I mean five, Halloween characters are compared to baseball players. We'll just start off with Michael Myers. You know, have you, I don't know if you guys have seen the new Michael Myers movie, but with Halloween ends, uh, if you want to waste your time, an hour and 50 minutes worth of it, go for it. But it's in a, in a synopsis of everything. If they would just added an extra 20 to 30 minutes of the last one from last year, then it'd be great. Uh, the phone line is... 
Okay, the phone line's working. So whoever is calling me right now, thank you. Um, thank you for uh, for calling in. I think it's working. I'm not sure. During a break, when we go to break, I will see if this thing can work out, and I will figure out if I can try to get someone on the air. Now, that would be spectacular. But for the Michael Myers of Major League Baseball, it has to be Mike Trout, right? Like, Because he's a guy that the last two or three seasons, he's been getting hurt. He's been getting hurt. And it's like it's weird because it's kind of derailing his career so far a little bit, I would say, with the stats wise. But he always comes back every single time back from injury and just mashes. He hits home runs after home runs and home runs. I think he still finished this year with 40 home runs, or at least close to it. And he played about maybe 100 games. Mike Trout is a stud. So that's the only reason why I would think that you would compare him to Michael Myers. Michael Myers always gets stabbed. He always gets hit. He always gets hurt. He always falls from high, high things. And he, you know, always comes back and comes back good. So we have more. Okay, I, I see another phone line. People, this is awesome. Like, this is people. This stuff works. I will. I, I, if we get the break, when we go to break, I'll try to figure this out. We'll try to see what can happen here. But Mike Trout hit 40 home runs this season. This is a guy that you cannot put down. He might get hurt. But you cannot put him down. Mike Trout is a stud. So Mike Trout it has to be the Michael Myers of Major League Baseball. Now another iconic character, Freddy Krueger. And going with the, the lines of trying to, okay, this is who, the, who could be him. Who's the person that gives you nightmares? And there's a guy in Major League Baseball that over 700 times has given a pitcher a nightmare. There's a lot of pitchers on that list that he's given that he's hit home runs off of. It has to be Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols has to be the Freddy Krueger because you already know that Brad Lidge back in 2005, he is still having nightmares, and I mean nightmares, of what Albert Pujols did to him to force Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. Albert Pujols sucked the wind out of Minute Maid Park back in 2005. It was a home run to this day that that ball has yet to land. So it has to be our pools. Our pools has to be the, the Freddy Krueger of Major League Baseball. Now let's go to Jason Voorhees. Now we're trying to think of, all right, who could be the Jason Voorhees? Has to be a pitcher. I think it has to be a pitcher. It has to be a guy that pitches very extremely well on his home ground because what does Jason Voorhees do, do at, uh, at the camp? He's, I mean, that's his home ground. That's Well, I wouldn't say it's his home ground. That's where Jason Voorhees kind of runs the place. He runs the camp. He's the guy that, you know what, you guys wanted to kill me here. So I'm just going to, anybody who comes here, I'm just going to, all the camp counselors, I'm just going to come out here and just mow you down. That's what Jason Voorhees does. You know who does that in Major League Baseball, just mows people down at home? That's Jacob DeGrom, the New York Mets. I think Jacob DeGrom is clearly the Jason Voorhees of Major League Baseball. Now let's go to Frankenstein. Frankenstein has to be on this list. He's one of the most recognizable characters of all of them from all time. All right. You have to say he's slow. I would say Frankenstein's a slow person. He's tall. He's strong. He's big. And who's tall, strong, and big and is able to mash, like in the monster mash? He did it like 62 times this year. That's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has to be the Frankenstein of Major League Baseball. It only works that way. So Aaron Judge is the Frankenstein. And now let's go to the wolf. You know, the red, Little Red Riding Hood's wolf. I just played the song coming, uh, coming on in. 
Is it when he is? Would you call him the big bad wolf? I, what's what type of wolf is it? Okay, but I think the wolf can be an imposter at times. Because, I mean, he has to put his, uh, his sheep suit on just to try to make his way to Grandma's house, and he's going to eat Grandma, and then that, at one point in time, he's going to have to spit up Grandma. Is it Bryce Harper? Is Bryce Harper the big bad wolf? I, I see what he's doing this postseason. He is just extra base hit king. He's getting on base. He's hitting the ball opposite field. Did a little bit last night. Now is he going to do it the rest of the season, or is he be like the big bad wolf, and then he's going to get you know taken out? I think Bryce Harper's the big bad wolf. I think he is that in this uh, in our analogies for all this. So Michael Myers, Mike Trout, Freddy Krueger's Albert Pujols, Jason Voorhees is Jacob Degrom, and Frankenstein, Aaron Judge, and the big bad wolf is Bryce Harper. That has got to be it. That has got to be it. So let me know what you guys think. At Kramer Talks, tweet me, text me, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Um, I mean, we'll figure something out uh, to to uh, uh, to. You know, I don't know. My, my mind just went blank because I'm just trying to, like, I'm just flabbergasted about this phone line. Yeah, uh, by the way, people who have tried to call. Oh, no, Matt. Oh, no, Matt Trenton. He's hit me, bitten is greater than Lafayette. Matt, I don't know if you can listen to the show anymore. Don't know if you can listen to this. But no, my mom, my mom, I guess, tried to call and Zach tried to call. Thank you all for trying to call um, into the show. But before we get to that stuff, which um, please do call back at the break at the break you can call back we'll try to figure something out and we'll, we'll work something out that way see if i can try to get you on here because i want to test some things out and i didn't test it out beforehand the fact there's a phone line in here i'm still flabbergasted like it's it's becoming a studio right now this show is becoming like an actual show uh, for, for for i've been doing the saturdays of Kramer now for over a year and it's starting to feel like a show i don't know i don't know if yeah okay let's go to farrah foul Pedro Martinez, little Pedro, not little Pedro, that's, that's Carlos Martinez, but Pedro Martinez, absolutely love his work right now throughout the postseason, throughout MLB Network. I love Pedro Martinez so much. I think I could just listen to him talk about baseball daily and I would be absolutely fine with it. But here's his comments after the Yankees got swept by the Houston Astros. Take a listen. I have one question. Yes. For all of New York. Yes. New York. <laughs> Who's your daddy now? <laughs> I just want to know. I want an answer, and I want it quick. New York, who's your daddy? Should I say the Astros? It's not Big Papi anymore. It's not me. Who's your daddy? I want to ask New York. <laughs> I, I just have the biggest grin on my face just because it's funny because Pedro likes, he's like, I mean, Pedro could be the uh, Freddy Krueger New York Yankees fans because he is just a complete stud when he pitched. Heck, you even put De David Ortiz on that list. Now you could put the entire Houston Astros as being the Freddy Krueger to all of the Houston Astros, um, to all the New York Yankees fans because it's just funny. Like, this is completely fair. And Pedro Martinez has every single right to say this, has every single right to do this, and it works because it's just absolutely fantastic. This you can hear the excitement. You can hear the, the, the sarcasm of everything Pedro is trying to do. Just, just listen once more. I have one question. Yes. For all of New York. Yes. New York. <laughs> Who's your daddy now? That laugh. <laughs> I just want to know. I want an answer, and I want it quick. New York. Who's your daddy? Should I say the Astros? It's not Big Papi anymore. It's not me. Who's your daddy? I want to ask New York. 
Well, clearly it's the Astros. And the reason why they, he's asking that is because of Josh Naylor always cradles the baby when he hits a homer off of a pitcher. And he did the Garrett Cole. And after the after the Yankees beat the Guardians, all the Yankees players in the infield were doing the, the, the cradle rocking thing. And so it's just funny. I'm glad that that was going to full circle there. And the Yankees did not make to the postseason. But then again, it's like I'd, it's like I'd rather have the Yankees there than the Astros there because I really do not want the Astros there, even though the Astros are probably going to win five. Fair or foul, though. Padres general manager AJ Preller when talking to the media this week this is the question that was asked and this was his answer Let, let's just listen to this I have one question yes for all of New York sorry that was the other question from Pedro now here is the one on AJ one on the question from his report that he was asked AJ what position do you want to see Tatis at next year and have you had discussions with him yet yeah the position would be like on the field for 160 you know, 145 games and I absolutely get it. Fernando Tatis Jr., I don't think, did he even play a single game this year? And he is the face of Major League Baseball, at least the face they were trying to make or bring into Major League Baseball to it. He didn't even play a single game of Major League Baseball this year. And that's a sad thing because of all the talent there from him injuring his wrist to taking some sort of performance-enhancing type stuff that he didn't even know it was. So there's just a lot of things around it, but... There's a, if the Padres had Tatis for the entire season and also into the postseason, there's a good chance that the Padres are where the Phillies are at right now. There's a very good chance. Granted, the Phillies beat the Padres to make it to the World Series. If they would have that extra hope for Nato Tatis, don't get me wrong, Ha-Sung Kim, their shortstop there, he is an absolute stud at shortstop. But he's not no Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis needs to be on the field for the Padres to win. And it is just terrible the fact that he had to do he had to resort to possibly well willing or knowing or not knowing should have been checked out no matter what. But the fact is fact he took performance enhancing drugs and somehow he gained 15 extra pounds with a broken wrist. I don't know how it works. I'm I, I try working out all the time. Granted, my my I just got back to the gym this week if anybody cared, but my knee still is uh, getting a lot better. I don't see how, like for me, I can't go off of this knee injury and gain 15 pounds of muscle like Fernando Tatis did because I don't have that type of supplement or the cream to treat ringworm from dirty scissors that I got from a haircut that someone cut my hair from the story keeps on growing longer and longer and longer. I don't have any of that. And when AJ says this... On the field... I absolutely respect it because he wants him on the field. He's paying him not to sit the pine. He's paying him not to be suspended for 80 games. He is paying him to play baseball and to win games and to possibly win the World Series. So when, when AJ says this, On the field. You better hope that Tatis is on the field. This entire 162, and if he's not on the field for this 162 for next season, then it's a complete wash. It's a complete failure for what the Padres are trying to do for their entirety of this team. So when AJ says on the field, it is completely fair. I absolutely agree with him. He wants him on the field, and he wants the Padres to win a World Series. The Padres have tried and 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 a little bit more tried to get to the postseason and try to get to the World Series, and it just hasn't gone their way. 
I feel bad for the Padres. I feel bad for Padres fans. I think they're the one of the, the teams that feel like they're left behind all the time because they have to be behind or riding the coattails of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, once again, Fernando Tatis needs to be on the field this upcoming season or it's going to be another wash for Padres. In about maybe three minutes or so, we'll get to some bets. But first, last fair or foul, the Houston Astros of fishing. Let me let me pull you in here real quick. Fishing, Houston Astros. How can you tie that in together, Kramer? So two men have pled not guilty during a tournament tournament in which they stuffed weights into the fish to make them heavier. You did what? You did what? This was okay. Here's why I pulled off an NPR article on this. They were coming off a 2021 season in which Runya, which is one of the guys who were caught stuffing weights down fish's throats, totaled more than their winnings have totaled more than $300,000. So, how long have these guys been winning? How long have these guys been doing what they've been doing by just stuffing randomness into fish after they catch them, which is just terrible? Hey, when they were just getting the fish out there after after counting everything, they're like, this fish doesn't look... This fish looks lighter than the 20 pounds it's saying it is. Granted, when they take out the pounds, the fish weigh 10 pounds. You're telling me they stuffed 10 pounds of weight down a fish to make it heavier in order for them to win. That is detrimental to the sport of fishing. That is... I think that is absolutely worse what the Houston Astros did with cheating with the, apparently they put buzzers on themselves for knowing that if it's a fastball or if it's an off-speed pitch or them just banging on trash cans or anything like that then people are physically altering a fish to make it heavier that is just so absolutely foul that is just I don't understand why people act like this it's people try to do anything for a buck they would do anything for a buck I mean that's why OnlyFans is big <laughs> if you think about it, that's the reason why OnlyFans is big because anybody would do anything for a quick buck. It's the truth. And it's gross, and I can't believe that guys would stoop this low to just put weight in the fish to hopefully win extra money. It's like, play it fairly. Including with you, Houston Astros, back in 2017, play it fairly. Including you, Boston Red Sox, back in 2017. Including you, New York Yankees, back in 2017. Heck, including you... Well, no, they actually played fair. It's just them going into... Uh, Databases to look at scouting departments of the Houston Astros. St. Louis Cardinals did that back in like what the early 2000s or mid 2000s or early 2010s. I can't remember what, when it was, but I remember that was a thing. But still, that is insanely foul. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, Try to make some money today as I need to make some money, put some in my bank account because I have some expenses coming up here real soon uh, that I have to pay and I want to uh, make some money over it. But we have anytime touchdown scores to go through this upcoming week. We have a parlay of spread and we also have my money line parlay that we would like to discuss. But let's just go with the anytime touchdowns first and the very first one. Let's just anytime touchdown score DeAndre Hopkins. The, the Cardinals are playing the Vikings this week, and we all saw what D-Hop did in his first game back last week with Kyler Murray at the quarterback. And I mean, granted, it's the only crappy thing about this is that the 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came out this week, and I'm pretty sure, wouldn't be shocked if Kyler Murray's already ranked up to like level 60 or level 50 or however the highest level it is. He plays Call of Duty. Like that is notorious. Usually when it's double XP weekend, uh, his his numbers and stats on that Sunday that they play or the Monday are not good whatsoever. But I actually like D-Hop on this. He got 10 receptions last week, and I think he's going to continue to be an absolute force on this. Granted, he's going to be that, that, that secondary for the Vikings is a little bit dangerous, especially with Harrison Smith is on there. So I do like, though, D-Hop at plus 125 for an anytime touchdown score. Put three bucks on that, win like $6. Pretty much doubling your money on that. Uh, David Montgomery, a plus 175. Bears are playing the Cowboys this week. I, Out of any of the running backs that I think that would score, I'm classifying Justin Fields as a running back for the Chicago Bears because I do not see him as a good quarterback in the NFL. I think out of the three running backs between Herbert, Montgomery, and Fields, Montgomery's getting into the score. Plus, at a plus 175, put three bucks on there, you get $8.25 on your return. TJ Hawkinson is my other one that I think anytime touchdown is going to go. He's a plus 195. The the Lions are taking on the Dolphins. Dolphins, middle linebacker core, really not that good when covering tight ends. So that's the reason why I think that play is plus at a plus 195. That's that's exceptional odds there. Uh, go for it. If you put three bucks on there, it's almost nine dollars on your return. So if you want to do those, those including those three, which I did, D Hop, TJ Hawkinson, and also David Montgomery. If you want to parlay those, put that's a what I have from what I put this in yesterday. It's a plus. One seven two five. That's one thousand seven hundred twenty-five. I put ten bucks on that. That payout's gonna be one hundred and eighty dollars. So think about that. Think about parlaying some touchdowns. I think that's the best way to make money throughout all of this. Now let's go to my, my 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 parlays of the spread. It's interesting. Take the Miami Dolphins minus three and a half against the Lions. Lions are one in a five. I don't see the Lions winning this game whatsoever. I see the Dolphins. Dolphins have a better offense when two is on the field. We all see this. We saw it with Teddy Bridgewater. Heck, we even saw it with whoever their backup to Teddy Bridgewater is as well. When two is on the field, that offense is firing on all cylinders. Because I mean, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Jalen Waddle. I mean, you just need those two guys if you're on there. Mike Kosicki was has been going off it as of late, even with him doing his gritty. So I take the Dolphins minus three and a half against the Lions. Now you also want to parlay all this. And the parlay ends up coming out between um, a plus 1,230. Take the Falcons minus 4.5 on the Panthers. Panthers are not a good football team. I'm actually shocked last week that they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I truly am. So, or maybe those two weeks ago. Still, I still think it's an anomaly right there. Falcons are going to beat the Panthers. I like Marcus Mariota in this uh, situation. I also like the running back core that they have with uh, Cordero Patterson out. So, the minus 4.5 with the Falcons, I would take. Take the Las Vegas Raiders minus 1 against the Saints. Yeah, no, I, the Raiders are going to win this game. They're going to win a, a more by more than one point. The Raiders' offense is so much good. We do not know who the quarterback is for the Saints. If it's Jameis Winston, it might be a close one. If it's Andy Dalton, Raiders going to win the entire time. So, yeah, take the Raiders minus one. Then take the Tennessee Titans minus two and a half against the Texans. Do I need to say more? Do I need to say more on why you need to do that? Ryan Tannehill may not play, so there's a good chance that they're going to be running down the throat of Houston Texans. So... It's a good day, possibly, if you want to maybe sprinkle some yardage or even a touchdown parlay with with Derrick Henry. I probably won't do it, but it might be a good play if you are in that type of mindset. Now, let me get my, my drummel. If you guys can even hear it, I'm not even sure if you guys can even hear it. I'm doing a drummel right now. My money line parlay ends up coming out to a plus nine sixteen. Take the Raiders over the Saints, the Titans over the Texans, take the Minnesota Vikings over the Arizona Cardinals. And to add a little bit of juice to this, because I actually be like, I like having like to have to sit on the edge of my seat when watching a football game to hopefully sweat it out to hopefully win some money. 
Take the New York Jets over the Patriots. Even though we don't know who their quarterback is for the Patriots, and we know how Bill Belichick runs his defense, uh, it's it, you might you're gonna have to sweat through it if you want to um, if you want to parlay any of these stuff with me, especially with that money line parlay. I think the Jets get it done over the, the over the Patriots, especially it's gonna be in New York or wherever it's New Jersey is where they actually play. So yeah, no, that's a uh, money line parlay. Of course, Raiders, Titans, Vikings, and New York Jets, the teams that I'm riding with. Plus nine sixteen, put five bucks on that, you get fifty dollars on that return. It's a Saturday's cram on the bet sixteen sixty. If you want to right now. Someone, whoever calls me first, I'm going to try to answer it. I'm going to see if anything works. I'm going to see if I can even even hear you guys on the phone line at all. But it won't be a quick. It'll be a quick conversation if we do. So call me right now at 913-423-1660. Let's see how many. Like who's actually even listening? Because I honestly I don't even know at times who's actually listening because I I don't see ratings and stuff like that. Yeah. So Tyler Kramer right here in the best 1660. We'll go to break. Come back with I guess a short segment and yeah we'll uh, we'll end this off on some Halloween notes. We'll be right back. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had a one long horn and one big eye. I commenced to shake him and I said, It looks like a purple people leader to me. It was a one eyed, one horned, fine purple people leader. It's the Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. I think I have the phone line working. I think I do. So we're going to go to the phone line right now. I think, I don't know if I can even hear you right now, but Matt Tritton joining me on my show. Matt, uh, I heard you had a question for me. See if this thing works. I take it uh, you're talking and I take it I can't hear you. I'll tell you that right now. I don't think this is going to work. This this is a this is a wash. This is a sham. I, I have no idea what's going on here. So Matt, thank you for uh, for trying at least. Thank you for calling in and a few other ones that also called. Uh, so yeah, now this, uh, I'll figure this stuff out. This, I think, hold on, hold on. I think we might, I will figure this out for next week. We will definitely have a phone caller on the show, but before we wrap this show up, cause I mean, we have like two minutes left. We, uh, what type of candy you guys like for Halloween? Especially if you get, if you go out there, I mean, granted we don't trick or treat anymore. Even if you do trick or treat at the age of 25, 26, up to North of 40, it's kind of weird. But, like, say if you go to a bar and they have a candy bowl out there. It's like, hey, yeah, everybody, grab a piece, grab a piece. What are you grabbing? Like, what, what's that first thing you're going to grab? And for me, personally, if I see uh, a Snickers, a Three Musketeers, or a Reese's Cup, that's my go-to. Like, that's, I think that's, when I think of Halloween, that's, the, that's, that's my go-to of candies for that. But some people are like, you know, why are all these Swedish fish in here? Why are the Sour Patch Kids in here? I'm not a big Sour Patch guy. I'm not a big sour or sweet type of person. Like, make that like that that weird. Uh, like, granted, I'm also allergic to Airhead candy. I'm also allergic to Warheads. I'm allergic to like that citric acid that's in built into those. So it's weird. It's like as a kid growing up, my 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 candy taking experience for eating the candies weren't that weren't that great. It wasn't that. Well, yeah. So. That's why I always go for the chocolate, like that maybe a Hershey's candy bar. Like, I'm granted, I'm not going to get that Hershey Kiss from there. Like, granted, why are Hershey Kisses even a thing for when it's Halloween candy? You want Halloween candy. I want a a ghost shaped Reese's cup or a. Or is, is it? Do they have what? Isn't it ghosts that they have for Reese's? It's ghosts and it's trees for uh, Christmas and it's like bunnies for Easter. I think it's what it is. I think, but. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's Halloween. 
It's Halloween. Do you guys even dress up for Halloween anymore? People dress up. They do parties and stuff. I think I'm going to continue to do that no matter what. I think that's like a my generation type thing. But then again, I think elder generations. I'm a general. I'm a Gen Zer. I'm a Gen Zer. If you guys didn't know this, so I think millennials probably have their own little. I don't even know what the heck it is before millennials. Is it Gen X's? Maybe. I feel like that's the right thing. Or is Gen X's the kids there are right now these days? I don't know. I digress. It's Halloween weekend. There's football to bet. There's basketball to bet. There's baseball to bet. You all enjoy it, Kansas City. Be safe. Drive safe. If you need uh, someone to get a taxi, call an Uber, do a lift. Do not overdo it this type of Halloween season. Put a smile on your face because who knows who might need to look at it. I'll tell you that right now. Put a smile on your face, Kansas City. Have a good one. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660.